welcome back to the Garbage Film Podcast. Almost forgot the name of the podcast Uh-oh. at the top. Uh, <laughs> but don't you forget it. This is the show that seeks to prove that arty and trashy movies have a lot in common and you don't need to enjoy just one or the other. So we'll take our movie of the week and pair it with something artier or trashier and hope that you discover an unexpected new favorite, or at the very least, are entertained. I am one of your hosts, Nick, and with me, as always, is the ball breaker suite to my guy whose head is basically a TV. Aaron is here. Hi, Aaron. <laughs> Hi. I don't know which is less complimentary in this instance, but technically you're comparing me to Carol Kane, so yeah. I'm fine with that. I thought you'd like that. Thank you. Yeah. It's nice. <laughs> How are you, Nick? Oh, I, you know, we're leaning into holiday time, mm-hmm. uh, about to have a big office closure, which means my brain is shutting down because it can see the, <laughs> yeah. the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. So if I just go blank and stare at you for several seconds, that's what's happened. Uh, when I'm editing, I'll fill it with a fun fact or, yeah, <laughs> it's just the sound of sleigh bells. Yeah, exactly. Slow zoom on my face. <laughs> That was off mic that we had that pleep plop conversation. No, I'm doing where you zoom in and a computer sound happens. Pleep plop is the sound of a computer, and I won't hear another word about it. Go back and listen to our New Leaf episode for more. (laughs) That's right. There you go. Uh, Uh, But for real. (laughs) I'm settling in with my glass of VA to juice. Delightful. We're all about gut health yeah <laughs> have you thought about your gut biome recently <laughs> no uh it, fe- it feels like a very christmasy drink like a holiday drink i don't know why Are something you about that it feels like a bloody mary <laughs> yes yeah it's like both a drink you can have with alcohol but also maybe cures hangovers it feels oh, yeah, like it should yeah yeah, yeah. Tomato Which, juice, yeah, I've heard that that's a good right? yeah, yeah. hangover guy. Just, I feel like I, I mean, I worked at a bar for a while and I've, I've seen every type of drink tried as a hangover remedy. Yeah. I don't know that all of them work, but. Tomato juice and egg, that, that seems to be the two mainstays. Have we ever combined those two? It'd be a force too powerful. Oh, yep. It'd be <laughs> so powerful I would drop dead instantly. But I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> Good. That was my, like, how do I segue into the movie? What I'm trying to say is I'm feeling cheer. Oh, well, that makes me think that it's time to talk about our movie of this week. You're welcome. Yeah. (laughs) Because it's our second holiday episode we're doing here, and it's on a little movie. Now, stop me if you've heard this one. Three ghosts visit a guy. (laughs) Not ringing any bells so far. Not ringing any sleigh bells? Mm. (laughs) Uh, This week we're talking about 1988 Scrooged. I got into broadcasting because I like to give. That's my cab! Sometimes I find myself hurting from giving too much. Fire these people! It's Christmas! Bahamut. are going to be visited by three ghosts. Expect the first one tomorrow at noon. God, tomorrow's bad for me, Lou. Ah! I'm the ghost. (laughs) I'm the ghost of Christmas present. I had a funny feeling. She made me do for a raise. Maybe. Yeah, probably. May I? Take me home right now. (laughs) You got it, pal. (laughs) 
the alternative pronunciation, I believe, is Scrooge. No, it's Do I not. Have that right? You don't believe that? You've never Sc- believed anything. Scrooge. <laughs> Scrooge. <laughs> um, and this is a, a newer one to me. Many people enjoy it as part of their holiday tradition. So, uh, in case you don't know what this movie is somehow, <laughs> let me just read the back of this. Uh, you can almost hear it. This hooray uh, nice, for nice. physical media blurry I got in my hand. High-spirited hijinks on Christmas Eve puts Frank Cross in a ghostly time warp in this hilarious takeoff of Would Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. you like to try that again? <laughs> I will try that again. I just want to point out hijinks is two words in here. That's oh, a, like high and then the word jinx. jinx. That's yeah, dumb. We, you know, we all use that word jinx. Oh yeah, for sure. Feels... Not since I was seven, but all right. Jinx feels like a slur that I shouldn't be uh, saying. Yeah. Hmm. High-spirited hijinks on Christmas Eve put Frank Cross in a ghostly time warp in this hilarious takeoff of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Cross, who has made the meteoric rise from the depths of the mailroom to TV network president, I don't know that we ever covered that. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> is mean, nasty, uncaring, unforgiving, and has a sadistic sense of humor. Perfect qualities for modern-day Scrooge. Laid out here in case you don't get <laughs> Just it. Just in case you're not really... Before the night is over, he'll be visited by a maniacal New York cabbie from the past, a present-day fairy who's into pratfalls. I don't think we cover that. Hmm. And finally, a ghoulish seven-foot headless messenger from the future. All yeah, of that's... what's on here, not really covered in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they had to write the back of this DVD so that you would grasp what's going on. <laughs> but, okay. Yeah, uh, I wanted to read that specifically because of how... Little that has to do with what happens in the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's But true. also, it's fine. It covers it, too. Yeah, that's also correct. It's yeah. a weird movie. I yeah. feel like a lot of maybe folks our age did see this when they were kids, yeah. is the thing. I saw somebody describe this as, like, it's uh, one of those things that if you saw it when you were young, you will unconditionally love it. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, like, slotted in there. But if you see it as an adult, it's, a re- like, a weird It's a weird time. experience, yeah. Where you're so, like, I guess this is a movie. <laughs> we're here to present both of those uh, viewpoints. We are nothing if not fair and balanced <laughs> just kidding that's some bullshit <laughs> yeah we're becoming a both sides podcast Boo. Uh, one side only um <laughs> mine <laughs> so we're coming from you really are the headless seven foot monster <laughs> well if you take his head off that's gotta bring him down to like six foot five that's, no, that's true enough. that's probably actually we'll just put a tv on top of you i also saw this movie described as the adhd version of a christmas carol just because there's like no tying anything <laughs> yeah. between scenes it's just loosely assembled and like oh that's why it resonates with me <laughs> oh i understand now that is a good way of describing it actually because technically all the components are there but there's no in transitions. sort of an order, yeah. <laughs> in an order you might expect, but also confusing. There's no, like, real arc. It's just, like, laid out with... It's kind of like you're the, making... It all just happens. Yeah, you've laid all out all the pieces for the audience and say, you tie it together, yeah. you figure it out. <laughs> yeah, they're really lucky that A Christmas Carol exists <laughs> <laughs> in many senses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is directed by Richard Donner, who <laughs> I don't really know as a name, but he's just one of those, like, famous journeyman directors. Yeah, he's just around. Yeah, he, like, started in TV on, like, Gilligan's Island and <laughs> works up to movies. He does Superman, The Goonies, The Omen, Lethal Weapon. He produces all the X-Men movies. He almost directs oh, Jurassic Park. Oh, fuck. Like, he's, <laughs> he's just, just around. Yeah, he's just, like, a guy that is just kind of like, well, he'll make a movie. Sure. Yeah, Richard's around. <laughs> Old Dick Donner. Okay, that's great. Donner. He's, he's, he's like a reindeer. It's like the Christmas. I have to confess that every time I see that name, I do not think no. of a reindeer. 
And the less said about that, the better. Yeah. Screenplay. Bye. Uh, Mitch Glazer and Michael O'Donohue, who I don't know for much of anything, but they were like SNL writers that knew Bill Murray. So that's, This tracks yeah, very much. much. But... An uncredited rewrite by Elaine May and Bill Murray. Oh, shut up! Like, Bill Murray was like, I want to change so many of these things, and he gave all the notes to Elaine May, and here's a quote from Murray. Quote, she has a real major coconut on the top of her head. It sort of turned out to be her movie. She took the script home one night and rewrote the whole thing. (laughs) Oh, Elaine. And then Bill Murray just improvises everything, so it's just kind of a, like, no one really, quote, wrote this movie. (laughs) This was truly an. It feels like an SNL script a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like it's halfway between. Like SNL movies didn't really exist yet, but it feels like it's mm. kind of starting out as like, what if we just make it wacky? Yeah. Like, what if it was silly? You know, yeah. This is a big what if movie. And I uh, just give him my full credits. This is based on a Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. I believe the technical term is suggested oh. by a Christmas Carol. That's what's in the credits. Feels like they're afraid that Charles Dickens <laughs> is going to sue them, which it might be a, an estate of I issue. Mean, but... Do you think there are so many adaptations? Though I yeah. feel like that ship has sailed. It's just a very funny when things are suggested by. It feels so like because it says suggested by a Christmas Carol. Like the book walked up and was like, "Hey, you know." what? You know, it'd be good. Or, like, daughter slept with it under his pillow. And yeah. he just, like, absorbed <laughs> something by his nose. It's like, oh, this is a good idea. Huh. Uh, this is starring someone you might have heard of, Bill Murray. This is his first starring role since Razor's Edge, a movie I had never heard of, but was a hilarious bomb that came right on the heels of Ghostbusters four years prior. So he just... Oh, weird. That bombs. He's like, okay, I quit. He oh, just didn't all right. do anything for four years except Little Shop of Horrors. Which is why he shows Feed Me Seymour in yeah, this movie for right. no reason. <laughs> Cheap. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, his big speech at the end is fully improvised, famously. Um, it feels like it, I yeah. will say. <laughs> the crew didn't really know what he was doing, so Donner kind of thought he was having a mental breakdown. Oh, no. And it was kind of like, do we cut? What do we... Should we keep filming I guess just this? Film for footage, I guess. Yeah. Just, all just get the coverage. Um, and he described Scrooged as a big, long, sloppy movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> because this might surprise you. They like they shot like three and a half hours of footage and oh, they God. cut it into this thing. <laughs> into a 90 minute fucking comedy. Yeah. Just why it feels so disjointed. <laughs> okay. All right. That yeah. does track. Yeah. <laughs> a classical Lane May move though. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Yes. Fix it in post. <laughs> Film four hours of footage. <laughs> and it's kind of like, it's just Bill Murray's movie, and then there's a bunch of other people kind of around. Mm-hmm. We got 80s cutie Karen Allen. Very much, yeah. One of many thankless roles in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think part of the weirdness about it is that we're never, like, well, like you say, it's Bill Murray's movie. It's very, nobody exists off camera yeah. when he's not there, yeah. except for... His secretary, Grace. True, yes. But. It's weird, because, like, every Christmas Carol ad- adaptation, I forget that this character exists. Right. But, like, <laughs> yeah, me too. hugely important. And it's just always, like, a footnote. Yeah. So, like, props on them for making her more of a character, I, I suppose guess? so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, like, that was a Murray and May rewrite. They wanted okay. that in there more. But she's actually, like, a believable character. Yeah. Somewhat. Yeah. Uh, misguided taste in love, I'd say. I mean, I do question her her judgment a little <laughs> bit, yes. And I love Karen Allen is just such a like earnest theater person that <laughs> yeah. she like I I want to read you this quote that just feels so again disconnected from the movie that exists. 
Quote, to me, Scrooge is a film about love, the redemptive power of love. I think that the story that Charles Dickens wrote is about that as well. In that sense, these characters are not meant to be realistic, which is why it's such a stylistically heightened film. Mm, some real uh, after the fact. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, and I just want to let you know, uh, for you and others that might be interested, did you know that she's like a knitting magnate? No, I did not know that. Uh, she owns Karen Allen Fiber Arts in Massachusetts. All right. She like sells her own knit stuff out of a, a storefront there. It's That's just, awesome. Yeah. A Massachusetts heavy on the knitting magnates. Yes. yes. <laughs> Very much in a state that exports that. So uh, huh. for anybody right. like Aaron, big knitters in the crowd. Love uh, it. Check out Karen Ellen's knitwear, I guess. <laughs> um, Do yourself a favor. Uh, you also got John Forsyth there, very 80s floppy hair guy, also famous for being the Trump stand-in in Gremlins 2. Nice. Uh, he's the, you know, taken over from cross uh, executive guy. Yes, he movie. almost looks a little like a skeleton. Yeah. He, he, you can see the shape of his skull pretty good. I think that's why he has to have the floppy hair. Yeah, and maybe. just like kind of balance that <laughs> out a little bit. Look, I'm human. Ah. And like, he's barely in the movie. I gotta feel like most of his role is what gets cut out because that feels like a real half yeah. idea that you've got this guy. Yeah, there's really, he, he adds nothing to the actual movie. Other than he makes the television special happen while... Bill Murray is... Yeah, true, actually. Having a legit mental breakdown. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah that's fair. He's good, though, is oh, yeah. the thing. I think he slots well. He's good at balancing the wackiness of tone with the actual, like, we need characters to populate this. Yeah, and the only thing that feels so weird and stupid in my mind is... The lunch with uh, Robert Mitchum, who we'll talk about in a moment. Oh, we will. <laughs> where they're talking, and then he says, like, they're, they've clearly, like, been in conversation for a little bit. We start in media res. Uh, and I don't know what the line is, but Mitchum's like, I've got, I'm bringing on some help. And yeah. then John Forsyth jogs around the corner. It's such a, like, was he just, like... He was waiting. Is there, like, a microphone in the center? It's a real, did somebody say wonder? And then he appears, Yeah. <laughs> Yes, he's very funny. Uh, just a little very, goblin. Yes. But that kind of feels like his role in this movie is just to pop out every once in a while to be like, oh, there he is. Yeah, he's just there to exert pressure weirdly. Yeah. yeah. Make that mental breakdown happen. He seems really good at his job, to be honest. Like, yeah. watching him direct the special actually seems really good at it. Salvage that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got Bobcat Goldthwaite in a rare dapper Goldthwaite role. Wearing a bow tie and I, perhaps a sweater vest? That's yep. what it is in my mind. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. nice uh, intellectual round glasses. Yes, indeed, yeah. The rare dapper Bobcat. <laughs> yes, yeah. dapper and yet falling apart at the seams. Just your life falling apart within 24 hours. Yeah, he was, he was ready to topple. <laughs> he does not seem like he had a together beforehand one of my favorite things we got him singing a minor version of santa claus is coming to town <laughs> it's very funny i said in the moment and i stand by this he has big charlie day energy yeah. in this movie he kind of looks and moves like you know jerkily like him as well mm -hmm. and just the life falling apart within 24 hours also feels right yeah yeah like a rube goldberg machine of sadness and yeah <laughs> <laughs> rumpled sweater vests and... how'd that guy get a gun America, you have some problems. Yeah, it's the 80s. You could mm. uh, get a gun or a skeleton monster <laughs> out of your corner. Equally easily. Yep. And aforementioned Carol Kane is there. We love Carol Kane. Uh, this is probably the youngest role I've seen her do, maybe. Mm. It's kind of hard to tell yeah, in the makeup. But... Under so much makeup. Yeah. 
Um, I'm looking at her face in the movie and I'm like, I know from experience how hard she had to wash her face to get that fucking glitter off. <laughs> Can't even imagine. Uh, I love that she does her little ballet dance. She was supposed to be doubled, like body doubled oh. for it, <laughs> by an actual ballet dancer. Yeah, who's yeah. Like, make it look good and all that. No, um, hard pass. But <laughs> the art director, Michael Riva, saw her like... She wanted to, like, prepare for it because, like, this is how I'm supposed to hold myself. So sure, like, sure, preparing yeah. for the role. Um, Michael Rivas saw her rehearsing and convinced uh, Donner, like, it would be so much funnier it's if we so just good. have her yeah. doing her bad <laughs> dancing. Just her, like, she has to kind of look up and, like, can't mouth to herself the counts <laughs> to, like, keep the steps together. And that's her, like, earnestly trying <laughs> yeah. it, too. It's just... God bless you, Carol. It's okay. so sad, but she, she talking in interviews, she's like, it made me feel a little bit bad in the moment, but then I watched the footage, I'm like, yeah, this is the right call. This is very funny. Yeah. I did put someone at work, but... <laughs> and uh. I just like this quote. Uh, quote, I hit Bill Murray with a toaster and with my wings, and I kicked him in areas that weren't pleasant for him. I had fun. I don't think it was as fun for Bill, because he was the victim. <laughs> <laughs> Laughter. <laughs> Cackling. <Yep. laughs> uh, always a treasure. Never yep. not funny. Whatever. Uh, David Johansson is the ghost of Christmas past. I love this guy. I love this guy. He's yeah. got like some of the best energy in this movie. Oh, yeah. He kicks it off correctly. Mm. I feel like this could be very hard to transition into the ghosts part of it. Mm-hmm. But he's a real like... Th- he's a little... like. Bill Murray might die. Like, he feels like a dangerous character. Like, he might kill this guy if he's not pleased with him. I feel like his level of energy is the same level of mean-spiritedness that the movie has kind of set up. And he just, like, comes in perfectly matching. Yeah, yeah. Like, it it feels Very malevolent. Yeah, and it feels like that energy hasn't existed outside of Bill Murray yet. So it's kind of like a, oh... Well, they're tailored to him. Yeah, Yeah, those those ghosts. That's a very, like, oh, yeah? Okay. All right. Let's go. Let's roll with this. Um, And we don't see the actual person, but we got the ghost of Christmas Future as well. Very creepy. Super creepy. This movie is rated, like, PG or something. I don't know about that. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's PG-13. My bad. Okay. Okay. It does have that very, like, late 80s energy where it's like, kids just see shit all the time. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, like, You're adding to it, but all right. The same childhood adventure man as the Goonies, which makes perfect sense. Yes. Like, what's that line? Like, you know, they're going to have to find out the life's not fair. Like, go back in time and see Bill Murray's actual dad, I think. Is the actor? Is that it? Yeah. Okay. He's in there somewhere. I think that's the character uh, okay. he's playing. But I know yeah. that all of his Bilbrey's brothers are in there. I didn't like oh, stop cute. to check who is who. I think oh, that okay. his actual brother is his actual brother. Is playing the brother? Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Okay. A charming subplot that I enjoy. Yeah. Check out the credits for more. Uh, and <laughs> you do I, the work. <laughs> I won't do it. And we got uh, Robert Mitchum, who... Oh, boy. I always forget he's in there. Yeah, I know. I always forget. This is my second time seeing this movie. But <laughs> it's just not a Robert Mitchum-flavored movie until it is. He is such a good sport. He is. They thought everything. he wouldn't do it because it's yeah, such a dumb Yeah, obviously. Role. Yeah. <laughs> but you got him shouting, A butthead! A butthead! <laughs> He's really funny. I really yeah. feel like he just he just takes it so seriously. Like he plays it up a little, but it's he's very grounded in what the character is. Some of the best, like his his he only really got like two made two three major scenes, but yeah. that first scene where he's saying to Bill Murray, like, how many cats do you think are yeah. right? So funny. <laughs> like it's so straight. It's amazing. He's a very like, uh oh, the boss has had an idea. Yeah. And now he's down here to tell us all about it. And it's just why won't you retire old yeah. man? Retire or die. 
so we can bury you in that plaid vest you like to wear. <laughs> you love that vest. Uh, it's That's a great good. vest. Um, and last and certainly not least, uh, I guess I would say the heart of the movie is Alfrey Woodard. Yes. Another very thankless role that she has in here. She's got to be the no fun person. Kind of. Yeah. 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 The most like a human person, I guess, other than maybe Karen Allen. Yeah. 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 This is the the unfortunate 80s thing of like, oh, all the women just get to be uh, the (laughs) emotional things. I feel like, I mean, Alfrey Woodard is is amazing. I feel like she does make it an actual character. Yes. And she's, I, she's taking what's written and making it better. I feel like both of them, Woodard and, and Karen yeah. Allen, both take what's on the page and imbue actual characters into it that yes. probably weren't really there. Or maybe Elaine May's rewrite is uh, why yeah. there's some Fair. characterization there. Yeah. Um, yeah, because uh, otherwise... And this was like Marie signed on saying, as long as you rewrite huge portions of the script that I don't like, which were things like the romantic subplot is like basically non-existent. We need mm. to actually spend some time on that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, basically, Alfred Woodard's scenes at home essentially didn't exist. Uh, it was okay. more of a like peek in for one brief bit. So he wanted to be like, make these actual people. Like, nice. come on. okay. <laughs> <So>. Yeah. <laughs> it worked. Yeah. There you go. Because he was apparently mega stressed out about returning to acting. So he was taking this like hyper seriously. I guess I would be too. Yeah. What a weird, yeah, you do Ghostbusters and then your next movie fucking bombs and uh, what else are you supposed to do, kind of, you know? This movie is advertised as like, the Ghostbuster is back and this time it's three on one is what the tagline is. Yeah. (laughs) Why would you do that to yourself? And then he does Ghostbusters 2 right after it and slowly like... Oh boy. Real whiplash (laughs) scenario here. Okay. (laughs) His brain is just collapsing. Uh, I think we're canceling (laughs) Bill Murray. I can't remember. But uh, either way, his brain is destroyed by this. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Who can can blame (laughs) Speaking of uh, now canceled, Danny Elfman does the music. Uh, Is Danny Elfman canceled? I think so. Oh, fuck. (laughs) I don't know if we're just assuming. Can't keep track anymore yet. (laughs) Let's Um, be real. But it's a real, like, the credits come up at the end and you see music by Danny Elfman, and you're like, oh, yeah, duh. Yeah, Yeah, one of the notes I took was, wow, this Danny Elfman ass opening. (laughs) I think it's just the Beetlejuice opening, right? Where it's like, like you know, Danny Elfman music and, like, the camera soaring over a a skyline of some kind. I forget. The North Pole heading into... That's right, yes. So, yeah, this is, let's, let's talk about... The, the setting up. So this is obviously modern day. Sure. Yes. Everybody knows how it goes. That's why I didn't dive into the plot big time. But the stuff that I love that sets this apart so much from anything else, like it, <laughs> one of the disjointed aspects of it is all the TV things. Like yeah. the opening uh, like promo reel and all the TV stuff throughout is just works on me 100% of the time. It's so very funny. good. It has very 30 Rock energy where exactly. you're like, these are fake yeah. movies. These yeah. aren't real. <laughs> fake movies, fake TV specials. The fact that this is written by SNL people and 30 Rock is just supposed to be SNL. Yeah, yeah, feel, yeah. It, it's so like, oh, this is just the same, what do you want to call it? Like Academy of Learning to Write Jokes. Yeah. Like everybody's going through the same. <laughs> the same uh, pressure cooker. Yeah. Of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it feels a lot like, okay, this is the 80s version and then, you know, in the early tens it becomes tgs like that yes, i yeah. feel that i just love that it's lee majors and he's holding a <laughs> minigun it's the same prop minigun that's used in predator is it <laughs> so Amazing. funny lee majors the six million dollar man is just santa <laughs> this time santa's going out the front door <laughs> so funny uh, i love it it's so great my personal favorite of the pitches or like the you know the yeah 
specials that aren't real is uh, Bob Goulet's Cajun Christmas. Old-fashioned Old fashioned Cajun Christmas. That's right. He's just, Silver bells. And he's like going through a swamp on a boat. It's so good. It's so funny. It's great. It's uh, just like a one-off visual line. Like, hey, yeah, that's all you need. We don't need to touch this anymore. Nope. It doesn't need to become a runner. Yeah. It doesn't need to come back again. This is just... Very un-SNL in that way of just like, drop a joke, leave it. Yeah. Just leave it. <laughs> Let it exist on its own. Yeah. Oh, so funny. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, it's hard to talk about this. Like, Christmas Carol is just like, it's the Christmas Carol. You know it, you love it, yeah. yeah. So what's like your history? You're the one that got me to watch this guy in the first place. Yeah, Tell I... Tell me about this movie. Like, kind of pitch it to me, because this is oh, how you got no. me to watch it. I yeah. watched it at a, like, a company Christmas party one time. <laughs> What? Like, I know. <laughs> well, we would do this thing, like the the where I used to work. We would go. We'd like rent out a little theater and and have a movie night every month or whatever. And it would be kind of you know you'd vote on it or whatever. Mm. And the thing everybody voted for for the Christmas version, the December iteration was Scrooge. And I feel like it's t- it kind of acknowledges the cheesiness of yeah. a Christmas Carol. And because the 80s is such an inherently cheesy culture, it kind of, like, it's fine, it works. Mm. Um, And it's not, it's not even, like, it's not even one of my favorite Christmas movies. It's just entertaining to watch. It just is easy to absorb in that way where like, you're like, you already know what the, the story is. It's a perfect, like, you're brain dead. Through, like, as I described at the top of this episode, I am brain dead from going into the holiday channel. Exactly. And the <laughs> the the feeling of, I just need something on to entertain me. Yeah. It's absolutely perfect for that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. And I honestly, I this might be what gets me canceled, but I don't <laughs> find Bill Murray inherently very funny. But oh, no, he's, I get it. Do you get it? Yeah. Okay, all right. Honestly, some of the things that he does in this movie are so funny. Like, the way that he, when he's talking about how he accidentally gave more expensive gifts to, like, some people on his list, and he said, he tries to say, it's no big deal, it's just money, but he almost, he, like, gags on the word money because the idea is so repellent to him, he can't say it's just money. (laughs) It's so, it's so funny. There are some extremely good Bill Murray moments. Yeah. Um... Yeah. I, you can tell that he's really trying, which I think the thing, I agree with you yeah. that Bill Murray I don't always find inherently funny, yeah. but I think it's because he was before our generation, kind of, and the yeah. stuff we all know him for is all the stuff he's just phoning it in. Yeah. <laughs> and he, like, I guess, yeah, he's he's canceled for being a dick on set, right? Mm. Like, he's he's like that in real life. Yeah. So I think it, maybe that energy comes more naturally to him. I don't know. Can't can't speak to to that personally, but so I definitely thought you were a, a childhood enjoyer of this movie. I didn't realize you came oh, to it as an adult. No, as I, I, did. I did. Uh with the heart of a child. Oh. About. <laughs> Is that right? A sense of discovery and wonderment. Ah, Christmas magic. <laughs> no, but uh but I found it very scary for what it is. It's very dark. And I yeah. don't mean that in like this ain't your grandpa's Christmas. Like it's, it's kind of what they're doing for. I know. <laughs> But it is very dark. Like, he watches his own 
actual funeral and not just that but he he experiences being cremated like that is so dark he gets dropped off a building by a guy who's got a mouse living in his head like you see pop out like it's got some fairly (laughs) grotesque images yeah which, Got some really good, like, monster, like, creature effects, too. Yeah. yeah. The, it's very hokey looking, but it works on me. The, the like, the ribcage of Ghost yeah. of Christmas Future, <laughs> all the little melted souls in there, whatever. Yeah. Very spooky. Pit yeah, of like, souls inside the Ghost of yeah. Christmas Future. Yeah, it's good. So that's that's my... And I really only had Muppet Christmas Carol and, and like, yeah. a few play versions of the play, too to go off of so this is just sort of its own beast for me like it is so scattershot that it it almost doesn't feel connected yeah yeah so i i i don't need to worry about like you know ranking it in the christmas carol canon (laughs) personally okay well good cool 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 well that's i i now that we're coming into it engaging with it the same like i saw this as a late 30s whatever yeah, uh, person, I guess. Um, <laughs> Whatever I was. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it is remarkable how, like, it's one of those things that I've only heard people describe it as like it's my favorite Christmas movie. Like, I when I picked up the Blu-ray of this, the like the person at the video store was like, "Oh, my favorite Christmas movie." They're so, so weird, yeah. happy about it <laughs> that someone was grabbing it. Or people are just like, "It sucks and it's bad." Yeah, and it, <laughs> it's I, um... tedious. It's mean. <laughs> Getting a takeaway later, but I do think that there's something about like seeing uh, not necessarily progressive, but like a, a a not shithead person turning into a shithead person because of their job and money. Mm, like, sure, you sure, sure. Kind of get that painted out in a really modern, specific kind of way. Yes, I feel like there is, and maybe this is part of the you know two hours of footage that got cut, but there is an element of like. The world is so... Like, that's their promo for A Christmas Carol. Their version of it is, the world is so shitty. Like, there's guns. There's, you know, highway murders. Yeah, yeah. highway highway killings. Freeway killings. And just like, oh, the world is so scary right now. And and you can see more of it than ever before because of the wider reach of TV and media and stuff. That you need to, like, cuddle up with your family and stay indoors on on Christmas Eve. But I feel like that is the world that it kind of lives in. Is like, yes, we know the saccharine parts of A Christmas Carol are not going to fly here. Yeah, this is... Given what Reagan has done, this is where we live. Yes, now. yeah. So it feels very. I mean, it is. It is dated, but it's not yeah. aged poorly in that sense. Yeah. Where you're like, none of these are real people. You can totally see the the decisions being made as as like real people would make these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Sweet. Uh, well, I wanted to take us through a real quick. It's been quite a long time. It's time for an injury and destruction roundup. Wow. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Are how many of these are going to be Bill Murray's testicles? Bill Murray at the hands (laughs) of Carol Kane. Lots of bruises, as you'd expect, from just getting smacked around a bunch. But this is this is something that like gives me Agita Willies. Like uh, when she grabs his lip. Yeah. She ripped his lip bad enough that they had to stop shooting for a few days and he needed stitches. Oh, no! Girl, no! <laughs> okay, yeah, likewise. Blah, blah, blah. blah, blah, blah. Moving right along. <laughs> in the rest, Bill Murray, in the restaurant. The, one of the weirdest kind of throwaway things. He's just imagining all this macabre stuff. Yeah. It's just like, it He's never comes going back. Crazy. It's just this restaurant no. scene. It's so funny, though, where he, like, he thinks he has to 
put out a guy on fire yeah. and he tosses a, a thing of water on him and the guy is clearly not on fire and he just goes oh i'm sorry i thought you were richard pryor <laughs> what do you know what that's a reference to no oh that's a reference to um shortly before that richard pryor was freebasing cocaine uh, and in doing so, lit himself on fire oh. and was running down the streets on fire. Oh, fucking hell. And people hell. were like, why is Richard Pryor running down the street on fire? Am I hallucinating? Yeah, that's... All right, <laughs> never mind. It was funnier when I didn't know, but that is good information. <laughs> uh, yeah, he does that, Great. and then he goes to leave, and he <laughs> slips and falls all over the place. Because it's wet, yeah. He didn't mean to do that. <laughs> Amazing, I wonder. That wondered. is because it's so wet, he slips and falls a bunch. <laughs> like, twists his own ankles both of them it's a very funny fall it's so great they definitely were, did the right thing by keeping it in but uh, <laughs> he's just supposed to walk out the door like you can see his ankles fold under him yeah. amazing i think he slips and he's like oh yeah. this will be funny and he takes a dive <laughs> good stuff um alfrey woodard oh when the freight elevator opens and we see the ghost of christmas future that's part of the live broadcast and murray oh, freaks yes. out and throws his hands back, he nails her oh, in the face. Oh, no. This is not supposed to happen. Uh-oh, okay. <laughs> he just doubled her in the head. Uh, <laughs> she had a headache for a while. Writer Michael O'Donohue, after Bill Murray's long improv speech, <laughs> O'Donohue, who is like, people describe him as an ass, even his friends, like Karen Allen is apparently very good friends with him, but she calls him the most arrogant man on the planet. Uh-oh, okay. Um, O'Donohue turns to Donner and says, what was that, the Jim Jones hour? Which, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by reply, Donner punched him so hard in the arm that he had a bruise for a week. <laughs> Aw. And bros. lastly, Carol Kane, she got so upset at having to beat up Bill Murray that she'd have to pause shooting between shot, between takes f- to cry out how upset it was. Oh, Murray. honey. It's, just, it's so Carol <laughs> Kane. It's so cute. And yet she also ripped Bill Murray's lip off his face. Yep. The- okay. All right. <laughs> Uh, she is a professional and God she damn will it, do the she job is. Yeah. she's told. <laughs> I will dissect Bill Murray. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Emotional damage. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Emotional injury roundup. Which I assume she has not gotten over to this day. I assume. That seems right. Yeah. <laughs> I was not expecting an injury roundup yeah, for I know. a it's Christmas movie. It's been quite a while. It's that kind of movie. It is that kind of movie. And... What kind of movie is that, you might ask? Was that a perfect segue? Oh, oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't have it a... It was so on purpose, guys. <laughs> I don't have a name for this segment. I'm just going to call it... This movie is secretly leftist subliminal propaganda. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, I'm so sure we can come up with a snappy pun. Mostly I just want to draw attention to something that, like, I wish this happened more or could get by more things. There's a lot of hay made about the censor in this. She gets beaten the hell out of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Progressively more bandages yeah. on her on set. Yeah. I don't know that that's necessarily anything beyond funny bits, but like these are, you know, people who work in the industry obviously are making this movie. So they're encountering censors. I'm sure there's some level of catharsis there. <laughs> yeah, sure. But obviously Christmas Carol is about like, if you want to go really hardcore with it, which I do, uh, <laughs> capitalism bad, be nice to people. That's yeah, sure. That's kind of the whole Capitalism deal. make you a bad person. Yes. Um, everything in moderation. <laughs> I guess. But there's two things I want to highlight that show up in this movie that are like a real, they just snuck it in, kind of, they could say it was just set dressing, but 
in interviews afterward, the, the, the statement has been like, oh, yeah, we did that on purpose. Oh, okay. All right. So Bill Murray is very much just coded as a conservative man. Like, he, is, he has conservative beliefs. A, just a, a Reagan guy, right? Yes, a, exactly. Those at the top deserve to be at the top. The idea being the promo he cuts together is his actual feelings, like his nuclear bomb, oh, there's drug sure. use everywhere, crime in the streets. Like, yeah. that's what he actually thinks the world is now. Okay, sure. Then we do the flashbacks and we see that he was a Phil Collins haired. Oh my god, he looks so much like Phil Collins! <laughs> uh, goon. Yes. Like, basically a thumb walking around. Right. Um, <laughs> a thumb with hair. But... There is a few shots that linger on in Claire and his apartment on their magazine subscriptions, one of which is to okay. Ramparts Magazine. Do you know Ramparts Magazine? Um, by name, but I don't, I don't know what that is. They were a leftist watchdog publication. Oh, shit. That, like, they were the first major reporting body to come out against the Vietnam War. Oh, hell. They were the first major reporting body on the CIA's illegal activities with the NSA through the 60s. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, they were hardcore, and they got shut down in the 60s. I was going to say, and they were allowed to publish this? <laughs> but they lasted for, like, over a decade. Wow. Yeah. That um, decade, too. Yeah, like, like 60s, incredible. Early 60s through mid-70s, something like that. Damn. So, like, there's a... You could make a real point of, like, Bill Murray was a happy well like adjusted person when he was a progressive individual yeah. and then becoming conservative warped his mind into this <laughs> thing and it's funny too like that's such a you know it's not that he was happy because he was oblivious like if you're subscribed to this magazine you're seeing a lot of shit that mm. like makes you doubt your faith in humanity and yeah. our ability to survive and there's something but... about um People at the time especially being like, well, you start out a liberal and you grow up and you become a conservative. That's such a funny, like... Yeah. And, like, Claire <laughs> is able to prove this, guy. obviously. Yeah, yeah. But it's kind of showing, oh, this happened to this guy and he's rich and miserable. <laughs> like, yeah. That's... Well, I feel like it's also such a... It's it's such an interesting look at, like, this can just happen to you. It's yeah. not your fault. It's yeah, not like exactly. you're a bad person. You can just... It can just happen to you because the pressure is too much and yeah. you get too tired of like trying to fight it back and you, you know? could chart a course between he just starts sucking up to his boss so much yes. that he becomes his boss like that that's what it is basically yeah you know? well you have to believe that like well this is the right way to do things otherwise yeah. you yeah go home and cry every night yeah. <laughs> and the other thing and i don't want to dwell too much on this because we are by all means uh for entertainment podcasts not huge political discussion True. but we I just think, yell a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you yell generally about it. <laughs> yeah. But there, you, I'm sure you noticed there's a lot of free Africa um, Yes, like a surprising posters. amount. This was a thing? This was during apartheid. Right, um, yeah. And it was kind of mirroring a similar thing happening right now. You weren't allowed to make those political statements in anything. Oh, really? So they treated this as, oh, these are the characters that have these beliefs. Mm -hmm. We're not going to say anything about it we're just gonna put it everywhere yeah because there's like there's posters in every single place that isn't a place of work that's even in the place of work in the oh, really? in the shooting studio uh on the monitors there's free africa stickers right right, like, right right in most of the shots oh damn yeah. okay so this was the very much it was a like yeah we're just we believe this so mm -hmm. we're putting this other and like between the time they shot this movie and when it comes out george hw bush becomes president after reagan so like it's a real bad time. <laughs> um, and they uh, wanted to put out, like, this is, if there's any message, 
here it is. Like, this is this is what this movie is about, kind of. Yeah. And, like, a way to make a political message without making a political message and beating the shit out of the censors in order to get it out there. Like, that's... I really had not... I hadn't even considered, like, they're just being mean to the censor, let alone, like, you're actually making the world a worse place. Uh, yeah, because, I mean, they... they cushion it all in comedy of you can see sure. her nipples and yeah. <laughs> yeah of course a censor's gonna say that stuff yes <laughs> so you don't have the censor saying take off these free africa stickers because yeah, right that's yeah. just gonna draw too much attention to it whereas having it set dressing just puts the idea in people's mind because i'd seen this movie once before and coming back to it i was like oh yeah this stuff's everywhere yeah like i first noticed it in um it's very noticeable in uh alfred woodard's family's apartment yeah but then it kind of becomes like oh it's just everywhere yeah you just start seeing like there's stickers on the building like on the on the homeless shelter and like yeah it is everywhere yeah oh that's crazy so I just wanted to drop in that stuff, not to be too much of a downer, but just, just to... I don't think that's a downer. Yeah. It's an interesting... Like, I mean, I feel like that is that is classic Christmas Carol, right? It's like the, mm. the, the feeling that you need to ascribe to capitalism mm. is what turns him into... Because it's, it makes him unhappy. Inherently, yeah. you kind of have to be unhappy to make that work. And Yeah, because it's all about having to compromise yourself in whatever way you feel comfortable with and... That, that's yeah. how I get big brain here, but like that's the like, <laughs> oh, okay, I need to exchange this much of my human time no, for, for working time. Yeah. And this is a case of goes too far and destroys self. At first you're like, I can make it up later. And then you're like, well, I actually don't like being around other people because it reminds me that like there are real costs to what I do and, and yeah. how I behave. And, and they judge me for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel less human because this is what I have to do. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, it's very interesting to me that this disjointed, confused little movie has this... <laughs> Remember when we were like, it's just easy to watch. <laughs> it's just brainless. It's getting in there. It's uh, the... damn. <laughs> I like being able Secretly to say, like, le good. leftist subliminal propaganda. And I like it. <laughs> and I give that the thumbs up. <laughs> Is it subliminal if it's in literally and every frame? It's super liminal. Just Very liminal. Yep. Yeah. Literally shouting from, like, <laughs> your second story balcony. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's, uh, nice. to, to like make things a little, just to, to highlight one really nice thing. Filming for this movie began on December 7th of 1987. Oh. Christmas holiday season is approaching. Uh, Paramount's like, no, shoot through it. No, nobody gets a break. Oh. You, we need this movie in the can. Guys, do you know what movie you're making? Um, but so what Donner did, they shot on December 24th. Yeah. At the end of the shooting day, he calls everybody together. He says, just want to let you know we're shutting down. You're all fired. Uh, okay. Wink. Uh, yeah, huge audible wink. Yeah, but but a real like trying not to laugh. You're all fired. He, right. he, he I'll see you all Get out of very here. soon. Vagrants. He, 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 yeah. Um, December twenty fifth goes by. December twenty sixth, he calls the union reps and everybody and says, "Actually, we got started up again. You're all rehired. We're shooting again on the twenty seventh. <laughs> A Christmas miracle. Aww. How do you get away with that? I what, don't know. Was Paramount like, oh, you're firing everyone? Cool. That seems good. <laughs> good for you, Richard. I think because all the executives took the time off for well, Christmas. Well, here is the thing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Working in a box office or a front-facing anything yep. over a holiday will really poison you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, so you guys are allowed to take Fridays off during the summer. But not us. Yeah. Curious. So, so curious. Uh, be a Donner in... Wait, that doesn't mm, sound right. I don't. <laughs> the reindeer. The reindeer. The reindeer. The good one. <laughs> be Richard Donner. 
<laughs> Hopefully he's not canceled too. Uh, yeah, I hope not. I don't really yeah. know much about him, to All be right. honest. Um, that's probably a good sign. Yeah. So that's that's what I brought for us for Scrooge today. Um, did you have anything else that you wanted to discuss before we move on to other topics? <laughs> Something else. <laughs> no, I I think that about covers it because it's just such a, like, it's so jam-packed with, like, people that are fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I, it yeah. kind of it kind of skates over any of the weird disjointedness of it. A thing that I feel like is slightly lost on us, if you were watching this, this is like like you said, it, it takes place at a period of time. It's not that it's dated; it's yeah. just that it happens to take place. Yeah, nineteen eighty-seven. Um, all the like people in the in their their live Scrooge production and kind of across the board. There's all these cameos of famous older TV people. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's very funny. Like, the only one that I know of is uh, Mary Retton, just being... I didn't even know. I knew Jamie Farr. <laughs> oh, sure. I I, Dick Cavett's in there, I think. Oh, okay. okay oh, maybe. Okay. But, like, Robert Goulet, I know, is, like, as, yeah. uh, as that. But, like, very <laughs> children love an acrobat. It's yeah. just funny on its own. Um, <laughs> they do. Yeah, I love that that extra angle of it, that extra lens. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, that's a nice that's a nice button on because I feel like it is a it is a product of its time. Yes. Um, but rightfully so. You know, it's it's trying to get this message across that like, hey, I don't think we're headed in a weird direction. <laughs> and I think we learned the wrong lesson from it, which is we can't look like we're being hyper greedy, <laughs> like business guys. We still have to do that, but we have to greenwash the shit out of it. People taking the wrong lessons? Oh, boy! Imagine that could happen. Um, hmm. Hmm. But yes, I, I I do like the movie. It's not my favorite Christmas yeah. movie, but it's it feels like it should be a staple Christmas movie. Yeah. For a weird, yeah. It's weird to have a... Yeah, to have something that's just like, that's oh, not great, but I love watching yeah. it. It's... Yeah, it's like not good, but it's also not bad. No, yeah. I don't know. It's It's... Perhaps less than the sum of its parts, but its parts are all very good. That's the way to... You yeah. know what I mean? I yeah. think that's what it is. Every individual part I love... Yeah. I'm trying to scan to see, is there anything that's... <laughs> Question mark? Was there yeah. a... Oh, there's some, like, weird Chinese food <laughs> jokes. Uh, maybe. I feel like that's just such more the, like... That, to me, landed as the... We were weird about food in the 80s because all of a sudden it was about individualistic personal betterment. Oh. Do you know what I mean? That's a whole other topic, I'm sure. But, Jeez. like, yeah, you had to be responsible for, like, eating correctly and, like, mm. really going cult about it. Oh, yeah, yeah John Forsyth orders the, like... the Oh, yeah, California plate, no dairy health or whatever. Health yeah. no dairy, yeah. yeah. Yes. Anyway, good, that, good that seems like a, a thing that's not so much racist <laughs> on its own as it was a symptom of the time. Right, yeah. The... That society's version of brain disease yes that's exactly, been totally yeah. online for the 80s yeah. <laughs> that's brain worms in the 80s yeah is msg is bad no it's not fuck off it's just salt it's delicious <laughs> yeah. cool well i'd love to do a little review review with Ooh, you yes let's i love that how many rhymes i can get in <laughs> Um, this whole podcast is an excuse for you to get your rhymes out. I'm going to dive in there first because we've kind of discussed the reason I threw mine in here. From okay. Letterboxd user Dobribius. Uh, very confused, yet wildly intrigued when they opened with the night the reindeer died. Frank might have been a dick, but IBC knows good TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of can't argue with that. I wish, This is one of those things that, like, if they had today's sensibility, it would be jam full of all these, like, dumb throwaway TV things. Maybe. Because it's the best part of the movie for me. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's an uh, an article the next day when they run their scary promo, and yeah. a woman actually dies, like she has a heart attack watching it. And I, the first thing I said was, "Wow, that's great advertising." <laughs> And I've never been so sad to think uh, like Bill uh, Murray. Yeah. You're the Bill Murray and I'm, I'm the... the, <laughs> I'm the, the I Karen think Allen. I'm the Karen Kane, Carol Kane, but I am the Bill Murray. No, you are the Carol Kane. You'll, you'll kick people in the dick. Beat the shit out of someone. <laughs> For good reasons. Yeah. yeah. And I'm cute. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Cut all this out. <laughs> I will never admit to liking my wife. <laughs> And in that way, I fit in perfectly with the 80s. hey <laughs> Here's a, here's a, oh, right. a review oh, right. I enjoy. Yes. <laughs> this is from the Washington Post, uh, like, <laughs> at the time that it was released. Oh, nice. Yeah. It calls the movie a big fruitcake of a holiday movie. <laughs> and the sentence that it's I love... Is, well, <laughs> the sentence that I love out of it is, this is not a, quote, good movie, unquote. In fact, it's a sprawling mess, but I like it. And I mean that sincerely, you knucklehead. <laughs> that's in the review. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, that's amazing. Oh. I love that, yeah. I don't think I'd ever say this, but I agree with the Washington Post. I know. <laughs> This movie makes me feel bad about several things, uh, and one of them is that. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Nice. Well, uh, that's the only one I had for Oh, us. I have two more that I like. If, oh, if very I good. Can. Yes, yes. Take They're both time. about Robert Mitchum, so. I shouldn't have just dove in with mine. We should have gone back and forth. No, it's fine. No, yeah. no. This is good. Uh, I get to close with, uh, with mine, which one of them is from Letterboxd user Dankwit, and it says, I don't care if he's in character, Robert Mitchum would never punt a cat. How dare you suggest as much? Because he does. He does. He, he's yeah. got like 20 cats. So clearly he likes cats. I love that as the button of, and that's, no, no, you know what's happening in the background here? His what? wife loves cats. Oh, and sure. And she sure. keeps suggesting to she him. She keeps, she's on him about programming for she cats. She definitely brought that study that he's got. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah it works great because it's just like people that are that high up on the corporate ladder just absorb whatever thing they heard last, last and they yeah. think that's true <laughs> yeah absolutely and then of course the 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 review i want to close on is letterboxd user steve g clearly the greatest achievement of scrooge is getter getting robert mitchum to yell a butthead <laughs> Yeah. He's right. He's right to say it. <laughs> all I can think of watching this, all I can think of watching this yesterday is just watch, we're going to get it into actual double bills in a bit, but watch this on Night of the Hunter for your double bill, <laughs> oh, weird. Robert Mitchum weirdo Christmas, Christmas movies. Bleak movie. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so that's a little bonus for you. It's, I'd have two nickels. It's weird that it's happened twice, etc. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, cool. Well, I feel like we've um, gotten into this a little bit, but I'd love to hear whatever your actual takeaway from this movie is, if it's anything more than what you'd mentioned already. I mean, you mentioned it a little bit, but I feel like it's a very, it's never going to quite hit the spot for Christmas movies for me, only because it's so nihilist that it kind of, it kind of leaves you on this, like, more than any of the other adaptations, I believe he went back to his old ways later. Oh yeah, <laughs> You know, time. like, maybe not as bad, but I, I, I think he just got a little shot of, like, serotonin, and, yeah. and that's kind of all that was. Or he literally has a mental breakdown. Like Yes, <laughs> yeah, or he actually, like, quits his job and, like, yeah. Yeah, so, but I, but what I do like is just showing how, how a guy got there. Like, yeah. make, making, weirdly, like, making 
a, a victim almost out of a guy who sucks. <laughs> but you're like, yeah, I get why you suck because this is like not the default human approach. Mm. But it's very easy to say, what else was he supposed to do? Like, yeah. you know. Yeah. Just live in what is clearly a very drafty apartment with your girlfriend Third and you both make rules. no money. I, I love that apartment, but you can see that the floorboards don't fit together quite right. We've all lived in character. those places. <laughs> it does. And God, it's huge. I'm looking at that apartment. I'm like, oh, fuck it. I would murder someone to live in that apartment. <laughs> it's fine. But yeah, just making like a, you kind of, you feel sorry for someone who should be like a, a powerful or respected mm. like figure and then you find out how they got to be powerful you're like i just that's so pathetic you know what i <laughs> yeah. mean you kind of start feeling sorry for them so it's so nihilist in that way where you're like i don't think he gets redemption i think you're just like this guy sucks don't be <laughs> yeah. this guy you know it's no redemption really just oh, don't be it. him yeah <laughs> yeah makes sense he's a cautionary tale exactly yes more than like the redemptive thing it's just like don't be that guy <laughs> it could it's happen warning. to you <laughs> yeah. yeah that's yeah, my takeaway in a lot of ways christmas carol is a twilight zone episode <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> well yeah. for me like we agree on this it's obvious how it doesn't hold together right like it's just so <laughs> weird how it's just like a bunch of very fractal yeah, it's, yeah. like none of it where the romance is laid out as a like, and this is how it appears in the script, but it's just such a like, no. <laughs> Never no do I believe this. that she really likes that kind of person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where he changes his mind. Like, there's obviously no redemption there. It's like, he's going to wake up in two days. Yeah. And be like, oh, that was yeah. so weird. <laughs> but I still do love this movie in 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 its parts. You, you nailed it saying it's better. Like, the, the parts are better than it's some. Yeah. It's just, it's there. Regret. Um, like, every scene is fun. Even... And they have, like, their own hooks, even if the hook is just, yes. he's a bastard. Like, yeah, he, yeah. everything has a purpose there. So you making fun of the, like, you shot, you know, like, four hours of footage and you get a 90-minute movie. But they clearly picked what worked. Yeah. And left what didn't. Like, that's... That's true. There's yeah. no scenes that are, like, we didn't... This doesn't add anything. Yeah. This doesn't support the main thesis. Yeah. So, yeah, in uh, conclusion, Scrooge is a movie of contrast. <laughs> <laughs> rope of sand <laughs> so let's move on to double bill this and i think i might know what you're gonna choose oh for real i think i might oh i would be i would be amazed and very impressed if you guess okay me. yeah i want you to go first for this reason because i <laughs> i don't want to i want to see the disappointment and or glee on your face yeah now i feel like i'm gonna be disappointed yeah okay. <laughs> so i'm gonna pair it with like i feel like a lot of people know scrooged um i'm gonna pair it with something not as many people know because it just, this is actually very funny, your leftist uh, subliminal segment. <laughs> this, the director of this was blacklisted for oh. being a communist, not even like we suspect. He's like, yeah, it's because it's good and right. <laughs> um, and so American audiences just didn't get to see this for a while. Oh. So it's not very well known, but um, directed by Joseph Lose. It's a movie starring a guy who is like ostensibly holds a position of power in this sort of system that does not value human beings as human beings. This is a way bleaker take on- Yeah, you're going like, hardcore. Yeah. But this uh, stars Elaine Delon as Mr. Klein, the oh. title of the movie. <laughs> so bleak. Holy shit, This is shit, in like man. top 10 bleakest movies I've ever fucking God seen. Damn. <laughs> you're clutching your chest right Ugh. now. Yeah, so this is a 1976 movie about <laughs> a French art dealer played by Elaine Delon who is steady here, <laughs> profiting off of 
Jewish families having to sell their art to flee France during Nazi occupation of France and like the race laws that the French government put in place. (laughs) This is the bleakest. Stay with me. (laughs) It's amazing. Oh, it's an an incredible movie. But movie and pairing. Yeah, it's a very like. It's it's kind of a funny like obviously you know Bill Murray and Elaine Delon not really it's the same type of actor but it's hmm. not kind of the same like Bill Murray this comedy god as you know coming off of Ghostbusters and Elaine Delon was like Le Samurai had come out like he's this very cool put Stoic. together yeah kind of untouchable figure mm-hmm. and in this he plays this like very smug kind of slippery art dealer french art dealer who gets mistaken Mm. for not even mistaken just a a jewish newsletter shows up at his house because there's another mr klein and it's wrongly addressed to him and so what he does is go well no worries i'll sort this out with the authorities i received this jewish newspaper please correct it and they're like so you received a jewish newspaper huh and then they don't leave him alone for the rest of the movie he has to try and find the real mr klein quote unquote Mm. we're never really sure if that person even exists actually yeah for anybody whose cinematic taste such as mine is Alain Delon wandering uh urban <laughs> like Paris yeah in a hat and a trench coat then, boy are you gonna get yeah. your fill eat up <laughs> boy we eaten we eaten tonight yeah yeah but it's it's just very much about this guy who's like the the reason he's successful at what he does is he's profiting off of human suffering and yeah. just you kind of can't get away you can you can dress it up in like well what was he supposed to do like these are the laws these are this is the way that the society is shaped and like yeah but that sucks ass <laughs> and you shouldn't you shouldn't do that and yeah. it's enough people saying well it's just the way it is that makes it the way it is you know and so one of the most upsetting endings of a movie yeah. like yeah, yeah for, i don't want to spoil real. it for anybody that wants to go have no. a bad time but uh, it's, <laughs> a, it's, it's an amazing movie. It's incredible. It. And it's really like it's it's very, very much on the arty side of this mm. guy, like maybe having a mental breakdown and realizing that this like this apparatus that has been trained on other people, like, you know, focusing on other people who aren't him is now suddenly looking at him and be like, oh, this makes me feel like not a human. Mm. This isn't what I what you're supposed to feel like as a human. Um, and he I don't think he ever. He, right up until the end of the movie, is like, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to yeah. prove that I'm not the bad Mr. Klein, yeah. the Jewish Mr. Klein. I'm the good one. <laughs> um, but just, like, feeling what it feels like to be the people at the bottom of the ladder. Yeah. The whole movie. Damn. Yeah. That's good. Thank you. That's good stuff. Yeah. A real, like, well, you know, fascism capitalism kind of going hand in hand situation so yeah thanks for putting that uh that segment in and not making me look <laughs> like a crazy person uh yeah no problem <laughs> yeah it's it's yeah, it's weirdly like less bleak but also bleaker than most like holocaust related movies yeah like, like it, it i feel like in the the mechanics of it and watching it it's significantly less bleak but it yeah. really sticks with you in a way yeah the that, the overall experience is yeah quite something yeah yeah mr klein joseph what is Lucy. his name lucy lucy right lucy i don't L-O-S-E-Y, know he's, yeah he i think he got blacklisted and left the u.s and then made movies in europe yeah yeah after that. yeah he fully got kicked out of the states yeah was great that stuff. what you thought i was gonna no. say no <laughs> okay great what A did bonus you think one here. i thought because you you had said um you were looking at uh this thing of you can see how he got here yeah he still sucks and like you start out with 
absolutely no like you start with absolutely no empathy for this character <laughs> and you get to know how he got there and ultimately you're like well he still sucks but at least I don't know at least he's know. trying something yeah something. I, I, <laughs> okay. I thought you were gonna say the holdovers uh, no <laughs> a very recent movie that uh, yeah. we both enjoyed um, fair enough Christmas themed, yeah, yep. yeah. I think that's probably why it came. It sprung to mind. Totally fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can totally see that. Like a total fucking Grinch of a guy who opens up when you're like, "Oh, we're all, all just kind of damaged." Yeah, another stop me and if you've heard this one. Yeah, kind of <laughs> yeah, curmudgeonly professor gets Whoa. met up with a, an unruly student. Turns out, yeah, they both have layers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nice. Yeah. Well, I will lighten the mood for once. Please, God. Uh, <laughs> I outdarked you today. <laughs> yeah, you did. Uh, and this is me, somebody who, for me, Christmas time is like, oh yeah, the dark, depressing time of year. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm going in the other direction. I Look am taking something that, again, none of the attempted redemptive character growth or changes or the ending, like none of it works for me in either of these movies. Okay. But I do love the journey of how we get to the ending. Sure. All the little parts that get us there. They're all about a person trying to see what's happening. Not even necessarily trying. Being presented with what's happening at the bottom of the barrel. Sure. Society-wise. And it ultimately just feels like an excuse to do little episodic scenes that are funny. Um, (laughs) Rather than one big arc of a thing. Uh, And bonus, it's also about a cynical and exploitative entertainment executive. Oh, okay. This is 1941's Sullivan's Travels from Preston Sturges. Oh, very nice. Okay. um, Which follows uh, a guy who's like, oh, there's no, like, truth in my stuff anymore. I need to, like pretend to be poor and go and live amongst poor people and then there's like some contrivance where he starts he like loses his memory and goes to jail like there's all these yeah he gets separated from his safety net yeah and there's some really powerful and good scenes in there it's also pretty funny uh and then in the end there's a real like and that's why i'm a better person now roll credits yeah wait what So you went back to your exact same house, job, surroundings. Nothing changed for you. You made an exploitative movie, ultimately. (laughs) Good stuff, guys. Great, 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 great. No, that's a really good, that's a really good parallel. Yeah. So that, uh, he feels like a more comedy Scrooge to me of just like, he's just viewing everybody through his binoculars and going like, look at these dumb people. (laughs) I can exploit that for money. Yeah. Yeah, true. And it takes like, nice. oh, it could happen to me for something to, to go wrong in his life. Yes. Yeah. I feel like this is the, the yeah, I don't know, the the part at which you're clearly meant to be like, oh, this is a real problem. And like, this is the thing he should care about is something bad is happening to someone else. Not even just separately, but kind of as like a direct result of the way that that you live. Yeah. And they, Scrooge and, and our, our main Sullivan over here can both shrug that off but it's once it's like oh wait i'm a person and it can happen to me it's like oh nobody told me that what (laughs) and all of these other people are people (laughs) hold on yeah Yeah. nice that's a great one yeah yes the very exploitative like media circus that can Mm -hmm. yeah make somebody like that but it's still like despite the fact that i i'm railing a little against its message and all this it's a very fun movie it is fun it's just fun to watch and experience and all that and yeah preston surgis is just good at like stringing together a bunch of silly stuff yeah 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 great movie yeah 
Nice. So that's what I think you should pair it with. So we got lots of suggestions for everybody here today. Yeah. So. Big uh, spectrum on this one, for sure. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. And I'm falling on my old crutch, which is, it's old, therefore it's already. <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. <laughs> Don't yeah, think too much it. about how similar these movies are in tone <laughs> and grasp it all out. You really ran the game at other spectrum. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, I regret it. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, well, that will do us for our holiday episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find us on Instagram at GarbagePod. You can find us on Blue Sky at Dick Arnavis and Macklebase, respectively. And uh, we do have, I think this is the third episode I'm doing this, we do have a garbage <laughs> blue sky. We'll post something there. Eventually. This podcast is just going to turn into apologia for not posting on blue sky. It's fine. That's what social media is all about. Ta-da! <laughs> uh, and we hope that you'll join us next year <gasps> for another mark? pile of garbage. Question mark. Question. Exclamation point. Happy holidays, y'all. Dot, dot, dot. In Bank. <laughs> Bitch hit me with a toaster.